0: Our scripture today comes from Mark, chapter 6, verse 53 to 56. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed." Well, so if you've uh, been with us in the last couple weeks, you will remember that we are in the middle of a sermon series looking at healing in the Bible. Um, And today's question, our guiding question, is why doesn't God heal people anymore? Right In the Bible, we've got all these stories, especially in the New Testament of Jesus going and healing people. And so why doesn't that happen anymore? Why don't we see that in the same way? And the answer, I will tell you very simply, is I don't know. The end. All right. So anyway, the next... Oh. Okay, Uh, so you know, uh, I was talking to Maddie, my wife, about this sermon, um, and she was like, You know, I don't mean to criticize your technique or anything, which that's always a great start to a sentence, isn't it, right? I don't mean to criticize your technique or anything, uh, but maybe you should choose questions for sermons that you know how to answer. (laughs) I was rather offended because I felt like that was still a criticism, even though she said it wasn't. But, anyway, but, but that's part of it, right? Is that it's really valuable still to ask these questions even if you don't know the answers. Or maybe especially if you don't know the answers. And for a lot of folks, not having that certainty is really uh, discomforting, if you will. Sometimes it's even threatening. Uh, it's, it's easier to think that there's a pat answer to something rather than having to kind of live in that uncertainty of not knowing. Uh, but in fact, the very fact of the living With that unknowing is sometimes is not necessarily this lack of faith per se. It is sometimes at least an indicator of spiritual growth. So, I don't know why does God not heal people anymore? No clue. However, on this question, there are a couple things. Um, A couple of nuggets, if you will, that, that may help us think through these issues even more, even if they don't help us come to a kind of a concise, pat answer about the fact. So first of all, let's talk about healings. And we can lump in with that exorcisms as well, which are kind of a type of a healing, if you will. So our first data point for today, our first data point, anthropology has shown us that in the vast majority of world cultures throughout space and time, there are healers and there are exorcists. So our first data point is that we have demonstrable evidence that there are people filling roles as healers and they perform healings to some degree of efficacy. So... We know that healers and healings do exist. Now, let's unpack that for a moment because it probably means something a little bit different than you're getting out of it. So in the field of anthropology, there's a distinction that they make between a cure and a healing. So a cure means, right, you have this particular biological symptom. There's this, it's all the physiological stuff going on. You have this pathogen in you or whatever, And it's now gone, right? That is cured. However, that's not what they mean by illness and healing. Healing is not biological in the same way. Healing is social. It's about perception. And so, for example, there's a parallel distinction between disease and illness. So disease is the bacteria or the virus or the whatever biologically is going on. But illness is not that. It's this sense of feeling unwell. It's this perception that your world's not quite right. That everything's not how it should be. And so those two things are often intertwined, but they don't have to be. And so... Healers exist, right? So they are people who exist in a particular social role in a society for most societies throughout the world, uh, all around the world, and and they deal especially with illness, the the perception of not being well. And sometimes they reference and deal with disease, that is, the physical, biological stuff that's going on. And so in some cultures... um, and this is completely conscious. In some cultures, the person can feel healed, can feel well, even all, if all the physical stuff's still going on. They can be like, yes, I was healed. And the illness, the sense of being unwell, of something being off with their world, can be solved even if the physical, biological, whatever's going on is not. So the reason why any of this matters is, okay, so A, we know for sure healers exist. They're a particular social role. There's people who fill that role. That's not, any, not a statement that requires anything particularly miraculous. All right, And we know that healing exists. Anthropologists have multiple documented cases of times when uh, healers heal an illness. And again, remember that's Completely social. That's not the biological stuff. That's the healers are helping people get to a place of being better. Now, the question mark is whether or not healers cure, right, cure the disease, the whole biological stuff, the physical stuff. Now, that's a question we can talk about. And so sometimes, and at least some cases, we have cases of healers curing diseases, the physical stuff. But, you know, that can, you can talk about that however you want. You can talk about that falling under supernatural stuff. Or you could talk about that being, you know, the placebo effect and being in their minds. And, but regardless of the mechanism, whether or not it's the placebo effect, meaning entirely natural, or supernatural in some way, regardless of the mechanism, we know that these healings are, uh, these healers are sometimes effective. And so, at least sometimes, healers throughout the ages have successfully cured diseases, the physical stuff, and very often, they, or much more often, they cure the illness, the sense of being unwell, because if they didn't cure the illness, then they'd be out of a job, because that's the reason why you go to a healer, is to feel well again. All right, clear as mud? We good? Alright, I'm a good explainer, it's great. Okay, Uh, got everybody confused. So, we know empirically without a doubt that Jesus was a healer and an exorcist. So notice what exactly that means based on what we just said, right? He was a healer because other people saw him as a healer. He filled this certain social role within... Uh, so for the like, two of you who care about the historical Jesus stuff about it, so basically we know that Jesus is a healer because right the oldest strata that we have from multiple independent attestations, as far back as they go, talk about this. So basically the fact that Jesus is a healer and an exorcist is the best attested fact that we know about Jesus other than the fact that he was crucified by the Romans. If all that means nothing to you, don't worry about it. Um, So remember exactly what that means. Jesus was understood by his society to be a healer and to be an exorcist. And so it's a different conversation as to whether or not he was effective or whether or not he was miraculous or whether there were really such things as demons that he was casting out in the first place. All that stuff's a different kind of a conversation from the fact that he was a healer. So in many ways, Jesus as a healer is very similar to tons of people throughout the ages, throughout the world, who've been healers. So there's a lot that's very similar about that. But there's definitely one aspect that is pretty unique to Jesus. See, beyond being just an exorcist and a healer, he was an apocalyptic, eschatological healer slash exorcist. And that's a lot of big words, and don't worry, you don't need to know them. But what it boils down to is this. Jesus had the sense that we are on the brink of a new era, That this old age of of evil and death and suffering and brokenness, that old age is about to pass away and God's going to obliterate it and make this new age where things are set right, where things are how they're supposed to be, where things aren't broken and violent and evil and horrible anymore. Things are going to be better in this new age that God's bringing about. And Jesus saw himself right at this shift. It's going to happen imminently. It's going to happen any day that God's going to be coming and doing this thing, starting this new thing. And so what's unique about Jesus' healing isn't particularly the fact that he's a healer, that he goes around healing people. It was that he combined this e- idea of healing with the coming better age that he's talking about that he's preaching about. And so when he's healing somebody, he's not just making them better, he's giving a preview. It's it's a microcosm. It's a it's a prefiguration of this new healed right world in this symbolic act that he's doing in the healing. So for example, maybe it was something like your infectious skin disease, right? That's that's cutting you off from all of your, your family and your community and, and literally making you an outcast. Well, we're now at the brink of this new age where God's doing something new. God's restoring that which has been broken apart. God's restoring that which has been severed and cut off and, and, and destroyed. So I'm going to heal you because that's what this new age is about. That's what is happening in this new era that God's bringing about. So for Jesus, it's this sign, this healing is this sign illustrating what he's preaching about, about this new age that God's bringing about. Now, obviously we know that these earliest Christians were right in thinking about this because, obviously, as we all know, obviously we live now in a world that, has no evil and brokenness and um, anything wrong with it. So, they were obviously right. Um, That was a joke. Can you believe these people? Oh my gosh, oh God. Come on, alright, that was sarcasm, people. Alright, so, um, uh, yeah, we kind of figured out after waiting for 2,000 years that it's not like right around the corner. Because, you know, for the last 2,000 years, we've always thought, oh, it's going to be tomorrow. And we finally kind of caught on that, you know, maybe it's not actually going to be tomorrow. Um, And so we've had to rethink through this thing. And how do we think about this theme that we talk about in the Bible and that Jesus talks about? And uh, we have to think about it all sorts of different ways. And we've done a lot of different ways of thinking about that in the Christian tradition. But we've had to rethink it. And so... Which would mean that those healings that Jesus was doing now wouldn't have the same kind of symbolic meaning. They might have a different kind of symbolic meaning, but it's kind of unmoored from its original reference point of you're immediately going to be coming to this new age that we're starting up. And so, eh, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with the fact that they don't happen anymore for healings. Maybe. Uh, maybe, also, another option could be there might be another aspect. Jesus' healings are centered around faith, very much so, and I don't know, maybe we've made this too abstract. Maybe it's, it's not so much about believing in Jesus. Maybe it's more about having faith that you can be healed. And so, for example, at least some of the aspects of curing people, right, physical is psychosomatic, right? So, far, so for example, at least some amount of healing often can come through the placebo effect, right? And so then, yes, you very literally need to believe in it for it to happen, right? If you know that it's a little sugar pill that you're taking, it ain't gonna do anything for you. But if you believe that it's a medicine that you're taking, then maybe something might happen. And so, for example, take this thing with Jesus at the start of his ministry. Um, He was at his hometown. It didn't go very well. Um, Everyone had watched him grow up. And everybody was like, oh, isn't that Joseph's little boy? Oh, he's so cute. He's all grown up now. Oh, he's preaching all these really harsh judgmental things. Oh, he's so cute. Right? Um, Which never goes on nowadays. Um... And what does this story say? Is that Jesus was trying to go about doing healings, but as it said, he couldn't. He couldn't. Because nobody believed in him. Because of their disbelief, he could not do miracles there, so he packed up his bags and went somewhere else where he might actually be able to do some good. So in our modern world, for example, we're living... living, in what sociologists call this uh, disenchanted world in the West. And so we no longer think that lurking around every corner there's fairies or sprites or elves or demons or angels or all this kind of stuff. It's uh, with the rise of enlightenment and scientific method and rationalism and uh, empiricism, we don't have those types of ways of thinking about the world anymore. It's not like, oh, immediately... The world is enchanted it 's something rational that made this happen, not a fairy or something right so maybe there 's something to the idea that our believing our very believing that things that healings cannot happen then ends up being a self fulfilling prophecy, and that ultimately believing that they cannot happen. Means that they don't happen. Maybe it's the very act of closing ourselves off from the possibility of healings occurring that prevents us from understanding what we're seeing as healings, or even perhaps the possibility of experiencing healings. But as I said at the top, I have no clue about any of this anyway. So this week, may you at least be open to that which is beyond your understanding. May you be okay with not knowing. And may you also attune your eyes to seek out where God just might be at work in the world in ways that we might ordinarily miss. May it be so.